What up, everybody, and welcome in to episode two Deuce. of Builder vs. Buyer 2.0. It's really episode 79, I think, of myself, but episode yeah. two with Tony. So yes. I don't know if we're going to recount the track or not, but we'll see here. Um, <laughs> so today, what we wanted to get into is the types of builders. I think a lot of people don't know. Um, production versus semi-custom versus custom. I think people think they know and they don't really actually know until they're well into their build. But before I get to that, I did want to ask you a question. So I don't know if this is going to come up. This is not going to come up on the podcast. So I'm going to have to explain it to you. So this is a video from Matt Reisinger. Um, they made a custom stainless steel dishwasher pan that sits under the dishwasher. It's got a channel cut out of the plywood, and then it's got a drain into that front there. So everything drains to the channel, and then drains down, connected to a trap and everything. As a warranty guy, what are your thoughts? So it's just a safety precaution, just in case the I think dishwasher so, yeah. fails? Yeah. See here, the, the pan, everything yeah. drains down to that line um, under the dishwasher. So if the dishwasher fails, you've got it all covered. I mean, if you got endless amounts of money and you want to be completely safeguarded, I'd say that's not a bad idea. Do you think it's something to be really expensive or hard to do? Well, stainless steel is not cheap and <laughs> yes, a prefab thing that's not in mass production, as we'll find out about production style homes versus custom homes, you know, things that are not streamlining, right? Like, they're yeah, not like. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea, but I don't, like, 12 years in the making, I've only had maybe a couple dishwasher. Really? I thought it'd be way higher, actually. And it's it, it has to do with improper, um, uh, the hose itself. That's what happened to ours. The drain line being yeah. kinked. Like, it was just too much compacted. I mean, I've never really had like a dishwasher itself, like the actual pump itself fail, like on my Interesting. end. I'm yeah. sure that it happens, but yeah. I've never had it happen on my end. Interesting. It's typically just a drain line or a kink toes that just broke open. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. Yeah, that is, I mean, not a bad idea though. Yeah. Uh, it happened on ours and it leaked and it was super annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I texted you about it. I remember. Um, yeah, this was recently. Yeah, that was what, like three, mo three months yeah. ago? Um, so yeah, that would have been nice, but you're right. It was the dishwasher wasn't affixed properly. So every time we opened and closed, it kind of like jostled it a little. Right. And, and it we just, just pinched like the hose back yeah. and forth, back yep. and forth until it went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day it all just drained up. <laughs> so that was fun. All right. Back to the main topic. Production versus semi-custom versus custom. Here's why I think, so I'm in a Facebook group, Home Building Help. Um, it's got a, a ton of members in it and... I see a lot of questions in there for people during their builds and their general frustrations, right? And most of them are answered by, well, you, you kind of picked the wrong builder. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, because it's a lot of like, my builder won't let me do X. It's like, yeah. well, they probably don't want to do X. So um, I, think, I think the problem stems from, I've thought about this a lot, if you can't tell, Tony, since mm. you texted me about it. I think the problem stems because if you're buying a car, the car company advertises what type of car it is. We have, this is an SUV, this is a truck, this is a sedan, like, and it's obvious. 
if you're talking to a builder, semi-custom and custom both say that they are custom. If you ask them, are you a custom builder? They will probably say yes. If you talk to a production builder, if their sales agent is well-trained, they will say, "Are you?" if you say, are you a custom builder? They will say, oh, we have plenty of great options you can customize. Mm-hmm. Or something something really... Choose. From, yeah. AKA choose from our... Yes. Put together that doesn't say <laughs> no, but it's also not saying yes. And so I think people think in any scenario, they're getting a custom home. <laughs> when, when in reality, like... <laughs> You're not, and really, what it boils down to, me, in my opinion, is what does it does the builder want to do that thing, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what splits them into the categories. Yeah, yeah. With with production, it's they're trying to. They're really obviously every builder is focused on profits, but the whole idea is to uh, with the production is just to streamline small options. You're sub. You're you're in a subdivision. You're not. You're only given a certain amount of plans to choose from. Maybe four or five different plans. Yep. Most most production builders they don't really. They they're definitely not changing any structural integrity of the walls. Right. Maybe, maybe some flipping around of here and there's, and some builders don't even offer that. Right. Um, yeah. So it's just like a street streamline. Not to say they're like not well built i mean obviously every builder is different in the way that they build their houses but majority of them are trying to like use the lowest cost material to make the most money possible yeah when it comes to production style home yeah typically and that's what you hear when you hear like track builder or um cookie cutter like i think people are referring to production builders in those moments but one of the nicest homes i ever walked was a production home oh yeah it was this uh, builder in San Diego, um, and they built—I don't know—they were like three, four thousand square foot ranches. They had plans you could pick from. They had options you could pick from. I mean, those options were, you know, the the custom cappuccino machine that is built into the island. Like that okay. was one of the yeah. options, you know. But it was still a production style build, yeah. and all their options were streamlined. So I don't think the production category necessarily means a price range. But I think a lot, like ninety percent of the time, it's, that's your most bang for the buck. Yeah, or like the most budget what I'm option. Used, what I'm used to yeah. around here, anyways. What I what I've seen with yeah, because I when I built with a builder out here years ago, um, it was there wasn't a lot to pick from. It was maybe like ten different flooring options, right? And they they provided all those options. Not there's no me going, hey, I like this floor over here at such and such supplier. It was just what they had. Carpet, same thing. Paint, same thing. Siding, yeah. same thing. So it's just like, that's what I'm used to. But I, I like you said, I, w- I would imagine that everybody has their their niches when it comes to production. That that's yeah. really cool. Like the the whole idea of like even those little tiny details, like like you just said, cappuccino machine. Like where yeah. was that? It, it was built into the island or one of the cabinets yeah. or something. Yeah, that's, but it was an option you could select. But it was a preset option that builder had. Yeah, but it was ready to go and it wasn't outside their. Right, exactly. Their, their, their spectrum. Like, yeah. they knew it's there. It's not like they have to look it up. Isn't right. that kind of like the whole idea, right? It's like everything they're, they're given an option, they know exactly how they got to do it and where it's going to go. It's no like, hey, yeah. got to bring it back to so-and-so to draw this up. It's just like, nope, we know exactly how that works. I mean, a lot of those framers, like I've talked to framers back in the day when they were building for production home, they didn't even have to look at the prints anymore. Oh, yeah, Because they're totally. just doing the same thing over and over again. And we got really, when I worked up in Minnesota, we got really 
production heavy with some of our lineup. And yeah, it was one um, plan set that you just put pieces into based on what the customer selected. Like I yeah. wasn't doing all the custom design stuff that I do now. Right. Um, you're just like clicking blocks and turning layers off to like move stuff around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was super streamlined from a plan standpoint. I guess that's one of the positives for people. Like this category gets a bad rap and that part of it, it deserves like they're mm-hmm. the cheapest homes are production. Um, and there are plenty of bad production builders out there, sure. but the positives are like, it's going to be a fast build. Mm-hmm. It's going to be your most affordable. And I think people overestimate their willingness to do selections in the build. It takes a lot of mental energy to custom select everything oh, in a house. Yeah. Um, and I think there's some positives of, a professional designer curating a selection palette for you and saying, yeah. okay, this wood floor goes with these cabinets. You can have this option one or option two with this wood floor and these cabinets. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's some people where I would recommend like based on your personality, it's probably best <laughs> that you do a production house. Right. Um, what are like some other experiences you had with your production build? Um, like you said, very fast. I mean, three months seriously yeah. this was back in the day this though. was back in the day but it yeah. was, i mean it wasn't a big house i think it was a 975 square feet dang i bet wow. it was like done like finished <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean so um but like you said though it, w- it was a very good experience as far as getting it done quick not a lot of mental stress um it was already partially done like we bought like a spec that was already kind of on its way up so that's probably why i remember it being so quick too um i don't miss it (laughs) (laughs) yeah at all um things were like i said with that with that particular build the material was cheaper like you know vinyl flooring that was like rollout vinyl flooring yeah not not the stuff that they sell nowadays where it's like wow that's really good floor and it's gonna last a long time yeah um the, the trim was like MDF, which, you know, that stuff is not very easy to patch or make, make right. Yeah. It's horrible you, for families and dogs and stuff. Like it's a, yeah. a sponge. This was, I mean, we were, we only dense. had one kid at the time, so it yeah. was a lot, a lot easier, um, with the size, but yeah, I don't, I don't really think about that house too much to be honest with you. I hmm. just remember losing it. <laughs> that was the house that we lost. Oh dang! <laughs> and then moved in uh, to uh, Jason Bradley's basement. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, good times in the basement, and then to the forty-eight acres in a five hundred square foot home. <laughs> Do you remember? I don't think I, ever told I don't. You that. I don't remember that one. Yeah, we moved out there, so we lived there for about two and a half years with three kids. We were very much on the mindset of minimalistic, yeah, and wanting to garden and own ant- like farm animals, like goats and chickens, yeah, yeah. and dogs and stuff like that. So, it was a really cool experience in the summer, but it was horrible in the winter because there's like you're just in this little box, super cold. The pipes were freezing in this old house. I had to like tear out all the c- cabinets to un- unthaw them and insulate them. Yeah, it was, <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah, it was pretty bad, especially getting calls from my wife saying, like, yeah, the water's not working. It's like, well, it's kind of essential that my wife has water, so. Yeah, that's fair. 
but yeah. So your 1,600 square foot house that you live in now. Mansion. It's more than double the size of anything you've lived in. Yeah, it's a mansion. <laughs> Love it. It's awesome. Yeah. Sweet. The the production though is very it it is very timely and cost effective. Like as far as time efficient, cost cost yeah. efficient. Um I I think the stigma is like it's typically like what they say, like first time home buyers. But yeah, right. I think it's across the board. It just depends on the income you have to want to, where you want to live, you know? Yeah. Oh, I think <clears throat> if you lump in, you know, pairs and duplexes and townhomes and right, apartments, right. like as all the production, which I would, they're production yeah, homes. Absolutely. Like it, it's by far what the most Americans live in. Yes. Not, it's not even close. You know, there's yeah. such a small percentage to the other two. Um, so it is. It is something, like I said, that gets a bad rap, but everybody's living in them. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's chill out a little bit, you know? Yeah, I think, though, like, the difference between, like, maybe from our generation to, like, the 50s and 60s and 70s, I think they were maybe a little bit cooler material, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, I wish we would get back to that. So the original production home was, like, the, I think, the Sears catalog houses mm-hmm. in America, at least, and they were... There's still so many up now, and they're beautiful. They're mm-hmm. really well architecturally designed. They use a lot of cool materials, ton of awesome woodwork. Um, I think it showed up at your house for like seventeen hundred bucks or something. It's wild. <laughs> it is wild, uh, but they're beautiful. And like, I think I wish there were. I even talked with my dad about this. I'm like, you should stop being semi-custom because semi-custom is crazy. Um, you should just be a really high-end production builder like be the Mm -hmm. region's best production builder um and yeah i think there's reasons i see why he still wants to be sure semi-custom and i get it but um i wish there were builders out there that did really nice production style because there's a lot of pros to it if you're doing it well um if your team's dialed in like you're giving people a really good product if you can do it right yeah i think that when um at one point we were looking at uh, when we, me and my wife first got married, we went to uh, like places that sold like manufacturer homes and stuff like yeah. that. I can't remember what the difference between like a manufacturer and then what's the other one? Like a kit home? No, it's like, well, one's built to state code and one's built to like this, you know, government code, which is a lot less, it's a lot lenient. Because when they were making trailers in the 70s, there was like, some of them were burning down and stuff like that. So oh. they, the government stepped in and they said you had to make them to this code. Okay. And now they're building them to like stick built code in the state, whatever state they're in. Gotcha. So it's like um, we'd, we'd go into these houses. You could tell like they were uh, like just run of the mill material. But like you were saying, like the cappuccino machine, like just like those little details made it feel custom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. the way that they like did like uh, the range hood with stone and then they'd have like little spice rack areas and like all those little like amenities would just be like pull i really wanted one actually yeah i mean i'm kind of glad i I didn't at that time uh because i probably would have had a hard time selling it with the property that we were going to be on at that time but um yeah i don't know why i went off to manufactured homes but i think it was just because of those little details that they that they use and i think yeah production homes would probably be benefit a lot from doing more of those little tiny details that don't i think every builder would i mean custom homes are obviously a whole nother bracket but i feel semi-custom homes should make things especially out of the scrap that i see in the garage like just it's every house scrap you could literally just 
just build something just unique that people love love to look at at Pinterest and stuff like that and just throw it in every house. Dude, that'd be an awesome YouTube channel. What did I make from the scrap in this yeah. house's garage <laughs> yeah. at the end of the build? Yeah. You can make something fun and unique every time. That'd Heck be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to go to semi-custom last because I feel like it's just kind of awkwardly in the middle between these two. But um, let's talk custom. And I've had the least experience. I have had some experience with this. Um, I don't know what your experience is with like custom homes. I mean, Steiner has like, your builder is like tiptoed in and out of it a little bit with certain clients that kind of like push you guys there. Um, But I think overall, if you're actually getting a custom house, um, your builder genuinely wants you to pick out everything you want, period. And if, (laughs) and if they don't, you're not working with a custom builder. So if like, if you give, if you ask a custom builder, if they have a floor plan, that you can pick from, they'll probably say no. And if they say yes, they're probably not a custom builder. Like a custom builder wants an architect or drafter to draw up a plan for them to build it, bid it as specifications, and then build it as it's shown. Um, And you're working with allowances and and stuff like that. Like, um, I think that's where a lot of people get in trouble is they think they're working with a custom builder and they find out they're not. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I would would agree. the whole idea with custom, though, is like, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, you can do whatever, right. whatever you want. Right. As long as the money keeps coming. They right. Don't, they, don't really, they don't really care. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, what is it, it? I saw a ranch in Feather Rock. I think it was like 20, 23, 2400 square feet. And it was like 9.8 million. Wow. But it was a custom home. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it was to the nine, like everything. Like I walked in and one of our painters was doing it. I had to drop something off, so I went in. I'm like, it, gorgeous! Like every little detail, it was everything was to the nine. Yeah, yeah. Like one guy I had on the podcast said, like, there's no ceiling on selections, and he's totally right with pricing. Like, there's a floor that you can get your kitchen cabinets for, but if you want to spend two hundred thousand on kitchen cabinets, that's kind of easy <laughs> to do, <Yeah. laughs> or even half a million dollars. Like, there's not really a ceiling to this stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think the advice I'd say for people is be ready to select everything because your builder's going to want that. Do you want to be the person that's selecting the trim profile for the doors in your kids' bedrooms? Like, does that sound exciting to you, or does that sound like stressful and annoying? <laughs> <laughs> if that sounds stressful, like you might want to step down and not build with a custom builder because your builder's going to expect stuff like that. They're going to want you to. Think about every single grout color, every single tile pattern. Wow, um, I, I didn't know that. I thought I, I thought it was like somewhat of a guidance with the custom builder. That's that's like that's yeah, intense. Like you would have a designer or selection coordinator holding your hand through the stuff okay. and like helping you out with it, but they're expecting you to have a selection and like sign off on. It. Maybe it's your designer's idea that you're signing off on, but a lot of these projects do have designers, by the way. Um, like interior designers, not how I call myself a designer, um, not a floor plan designer. Um, so yeah, they, you have to have that like extra person that's managing all this stuff because there's a lot. It goes a lot of times they'll have even like a, a three inch binder that's just selections, wow. um, and product manuals and stuff because every 
every appliance, every fireplace, everything you're putting in that house might be the installer's first time using that thing mm. because it's custom. Right. Um, so you need all the details there and you need to be on top of it. Uh, so I don't know. I, I would just like, I think everybody thinks they want a custom house. And in reality, I would recommend it to very few people. Yeah. Um, I mean, timeline is probably, I mean, especially with all the selections you're talking about. I mean, I would imagine like even like something with the semi-custom home, if something changes over, if you're not, re- if you're not ready to wait, when you change something halfway through, you got to have everything ready for a custom home. That's what I'm hearing, right? Yes. Like just, yeah. You, you might as well go in there ready after talking to someone that is a designer, getting all your selections ready with that designer and bring it to the custom home yeah. builder. Um, so yeah, I would just caution people to be ready. And as I, I would hope most good custom builders are clear about like the process they're getting into, but I think builders do a bad job. You know, we don't know who invented water, but it wasn't a fish. Like we're bad at seeing our own environment. I think builders do a bad job of setting expectation of, of what their process is like because they deal with it every day. Hmm. Like I think it would serve custom builders well to remind people how much they'll be selecting and how much they'll, um, like structural engineering. For most homes, they rarely get structural engineered, at least in Indiana, in most states, um, because the code covers so much. And then local lumber yards have um, like EWP designers or engineers that will size beams and stuff for you. So it usually happens for free behind the scenes. You don't need to think about it. Well, custom homes stretch the limits of like the code book. So you're oftentimes at a place where you can't just throw an LVL in. Um, you have to send it to a structural designer to design that room. You know, that can be done another 10 grand on top of your drawings. Yeah. Um, if not more. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a bunch of little things that kind of add up on you. Yeah. Um, that, the pros though is, I mean, you literally have the freedom, but you can also like most custom homes are obviously people put them on land typically right yeah they're not like usually. throwing them in a subdivision yeah. sometimes they do but um that that to me has always been my uh my chase for like i like being on like a piece of property and i still desire that like where i don't have anyone around me i know it yeah. sounds bad Same here. <laughs> i just want to be like 10 acres deep in trees yeah and just like totally you know start my own nudist colony just <laughs> once my kids are out obviously <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that's, it was, the, the colony would be two members, me and my wife. That's where all of our brains naturally went to. <laughs> right. Me, me, and my, me and my wife. That's it. That's the only members. I actually was just, I was just talking that to, uh, we were talking about that, me and my wife, the other, other day when we were saying like, yeah, well, I could see us on 10 acres in the trees and stuff like that. And uh, we were telling the kids like, yeah, you when you, because obviously we wouldn't do that with children. But I, 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 told, I told the kids, I said, you better call before we come over, no surprises. Because <laughs> dad's gonna be gardening tomatoes butt, butt naked. <laughs> Your kids will definitely never come over. Yeah, well, I mean, they'll come over. They love us that much. <laughs> And we said we we're not going to have any phones either. <laughs> we said no phones. Uh, you want to get a hold of us, write us a letter. You need like a big alarm or something. Yeah, like a tornado yeah. like, siren. Like at the front gate, like when the thing activated. Like, and yeah. I run for my clothes. <laughs> Every time a deer runs by, it yeah. doesn't do. That'd be fun. I'm, I'm uh, struggling to put my shorts on as the Amazon packages getting delivered. <laughs> <laughs> that poor Amazon. 
Amazon driver. Yeah. I would just love, 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 love to see his face. Yeah. When, I'll take a picture. Send it to you. <laughs> It'll be a Polaroid. Because <laughs> I won't have a smartphone at that time. Yeah. <laughs> Mail it to me. I will have no electronics if I get to that point. Nice. Yeah. Goals, man. Yeah, man. Goals. Goals are good. Um, but to bring it back. Bring it back. I, I think your point was you can get exactly what you like, duh, but you can get exactly what you want. Yeah. This is the only way to really get exactly what if you can pay for it, you can get it. Yeah. Um and back to what I said originally, like your builder should want to if they're actually a custom builder, they will want to do that process for you because that's what they're set up to do. And yeah. if they're not wanting to do it, then you're probably not talking to a custom builder. Yeah. Yeah. T- I just keep going back to the timeline. I just think like with a custom builder, if you do not have all your ducks in a row, you will wait a long time. Yeah, definitely. And I would recommend people, you know, start on selection sooner than they think. Um, What's that house in, uh, is that it's across from Beauty Creek. What's that subdivision? Really nice houses in there. It's like that. Oh, Pepper Creek? Pepper Creek. Yes. That custom home has been going on for like 12 years. <laughs> yeah. You're not kidding. <laughs> but I mean, two years is fast. Yeah. You know? So like, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I know that one kind of got sold and then bought. And then, yeah. I mean, I think their their guest house is like 2,800 square feet. Yeah. In the I backyard. Bigger Maybe than bigger than that. Our yeah. houses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Anything else on custom? Um, I took notes, but I kind of forgot them all. We just keep going. Did you put them on the floor? You I lose put them on the floor. Look at Tony coming prepared. I tried. This is why you watch on the YouTube, so you can see Tony and all his notes searching for them on the floor. Searching for them on the floor. I would say also, uh, the resale value of a custom home is typically, I mean, obviously as the market raises and goes up yeah. and down. But like typically people like with the, the custom home, they obviously everyone would want those type of unique features inside of a home compared to a production style home. It's, it's night and day. You know? Yeah. It, <clears throat> I would caution people though, because like that $9.8 million one, mm. like there's just so few people that can afford that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So your pool is, is so small. And I think a lot of times when you, the downside of picking out everything you want is that somebody else doesn't want that. Yeah, know? that's true. Um, so as you get more specific with your custom build, um, you can in some ways hurt your resale value just because okay. you did like, if you don't do enough bedrooms or I'm constantly telling people just like throw a closet in the space and call it a bedroom and egress window just because that's what appraisers count. And that's what I got you. Yeah. You know, the resale is dictated on. So yeah, don't shoot yourself in the foot because you have, a big house that's only three bedrooms, you know, nobody wants to buy a 5,000 square foot house that has three bedrooms. Yeah. Um, make sure you have seven or eight. Like it's crazy, but <laughs> I think I was just kind of going towards the e- edge of like, you could build like even that guy in feather rock, like it's a beautiful home. I don't like, I remember, I remember him saying like it was nine point something, uh, 900 and something thousand dollars for that house he more than likely will will get that back but as far as when it comes to you can build a cheaper custom home too most i mean can't you or can you not like can't you build like a no nah, i guess you really can't 
Yeah, I, it's kind of hard because I think if it was built ten years ago, it's kind of hard to match now. Yeah, that's true. Um, but to your point, like the materials and finishes should all feel so much better. Like if you're getting a cheap production home and mm. you lived it, like, like maybe in my three head, to five I'm... years in, that stuff is falling, literally falling off the house. Yeah, yep. you know it can be. So I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> driving through subdivisions. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that can be really annoying. So, for sure. All right. So, semi custom builders, what's their deal? Uh, they offer. Uh, they're still like. I mean, obviously, they're they're tweeners, right? Yeah. They're they're, they're offering more of a selection process where you can uh, have upgraded material. Um, it's not the it's not the cheapest stuff. Um, you have. Some some uh, semi custom homes will will change the foundational layout. Uh, well, as far as yeah, where, I would where, say so. Where, where, yeah. where we're at, I yeah. know that that's what we do. We'll we'll change some of that. Which and like that custom does, that does the floor that plan. does get yeah. There's a you know walls being moved a lot more. Um, has a better. Uh, typically, they are more detailed, in my opinion. Yeah, like they have, you know. Uh, like production typically wraps all their windows with drywall. Semi-custom yeah. typically does more of the trim and yep. um, headers and you yeah, know, stuff like definitely. that. Um, yeah. Draw I think blank. semi-custom will even entertain if you paid an architect or drafter to draw a floor plan or like bought a floor plan online, a semi-custom builder will entertain like bidding that and building it for you. Whereas a production builder will say no, like yeah. you're, you're picking from our stock floor plan. So I think that is a positive, like you can get it. Yeah, it is. Like you said, a tweener. Um, you can get some of both um, and you can get the floor plan you want. But I, I think in my experience with semi-custom, there was the cap seemed to be on the selections and finishes where it was like, we want you to select through our providers. Right. There's almost unlimited customization. If you can if you can get it from our local tile shop or local cabinet people, like you can pick out whatever cabinets they offer. Right. But we're not gonna be ordering cabinets from Italy or right. um, be your buddy that does cabinets on the side. We're not installing those. Right. Um, and I think that's where the line feels. Semi-custom is so weird though. We've lived it. <laughs> We've really lived it. Of like the line is so gray and it's so hard to enforce with clients. Um, whereas a production builder can say like, "No, we don't do that. That's not in our options." Mm-hmm. Um, and they're saying that from day one, so it's more clear when you're working through the process. Um, you can't really say that as a cus- as a semi custom builder, um, and it gets hard to like, where do you draw the line? Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> what do you push back on? What do you do? What do you not do? What do you even want to entertain? And yeah, I would say that there's probably different grades of semi-custom homes and where they do draw the line in the sand, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is not a bad thing, um, but it's also kind of cool to give that freedom to the homeowner to kind of do be a little more lenient. Yeah, to give them that kind of like they customize that you know what I mean? yeah that, definitely that, that certain option in their home but it it does it can cause problems yeah to, to give them that freedom and then most 
most people building don't realize that when they, I think you mentioned in the last episode, just like when you're someone's uh, wanting a change in something and they don't really understand that that process of when they change that, that's going to, it's going to like tumbleweed into yeah. the entire timeline of that build. They don't really, they don't see that. They just see, well, I just want to change that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In their head, it just seems so simple, but changing something that has to be possibly redrawn or a different material has to be reordered. And that one's going to be two weeks, uh, farther out than the original material and then now the person that was going to install that it doesn't line up with their schedule and then that schedule is going to get pushed now for another and before you know it, they added a month yeah it's to easy their, to do to their yeah. build yeah the and plumber then, is and, coming on Tuesday and that, and, and that happens yeah. four times and then they say well why why did it take so long yeah you know you're like I, exactly. yeah, I don't know what to tell you but you're like thinking to yourself like that well it's give and take some of it is has to do with in-house and some of it does have to do with the people changing things people being the customer yeah but you you can't really say that to a customer yeah that's frustrated already it doesn't really add anything yeah and (laughs) i I haven't seen this too much firsthand but my assumption is custom builders don't deal with this as much because they're working with more trades that know their process Mm. and so a custom builder and whether it's their plumber electrician or whoever on is you know, they're planning for site walks with the homeowner and for changes to be in those site walks because they know this is what this builder does. Right. Like they have super high end clients and if stuff wants to get, if stuff's getting changed, like it's getting changed, we're going to do it on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those subs are more used to that. And then semi-custom builders dip into the more production subs at times mm-hmm. and they're ready to show up on a site install whatever they do per plan and then leave. And when stuff gets changed, if they're scheduled on Tuesday, they might not have another slot for three weeks. And Mm -hmm. that's where the delays come from. And people don't really realize that. Yeah. Um, and you can't, you can't miss those, those slots and like fart around with it. No. Um, cause then that, you know, it pushes everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. Whoever was next in line to get into that house pushes them too. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it could turn into, a, a pretty big issue when it comes to timeline when when homeowners are changing things when they shouldn't have changed things and that I think that's the job of the um, the semi custom builder to definitely be upfront and explain them in detail mm. that this change can possibly do X Y Z we are more than willing to help you out and do this for you yeah but don't be mad at us. Yeah. When the timeline gets skewed. Yeah. Skewed. We started adding, um, <clears throat> once you sign off with the selection sheet, we will order these materials. Yeah. Like right to the sign off form. Mm-hmm. Um, I think stuff like that helps making sure builders are. I'm pretty sure that we're doing that too now. Those conversations. Uh, some, some things yeah. have been changed. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot has been changed with that type of stuff when it comes to. Like, I, I, you know, another thing that really frustrates me is when I hear the homeowner say, well, I was told. Yeah. You know, um, and then I, I always just say, well, you know, we, we have meetings and I, I, I think uh, I've heard it time and time again. Like, we, we just have to, like, if you're saying something to a homeowner, th- the process should never be just w- word of mouth. We're past that now. I mean, I, I know that yeah. it's sad, but, like, we are past that because people lie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it should be. I was told, and I got this document of what I was told, and I initialed it. Yeah. And that's that's what you're going to show me. 
Right. Not someone just told me. Because right. it could have been a miscommunication of what you were told. Like Yeah. So. And yeah, and it's... That, the misremembering is almost always in the, the customer's favor, too. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's never like, I was told I was going to get this way worse shower, and then you guys did this awesome, super nice one. Yeah. I, <laughs> Thank I you. I actually had... I had a... This was in one of the condos. Um, I was told by the... We built a eight-unit condo in Maria Shores. This is yep. 2017, I believe. Um, we started selling them off. One of the people that we sold to, they uh, they told me that the the limited warranty that we gave them, that she was told that the appliances were under warranty, and that's like never the case. I've, we've never warranty appliances. It always comes through the manufacturer or. Uh, if it was installed improperly, we warranty that. Like if we had somebody yeah. come in there and install yeah, yeah. it incorrectly, obviously we're warrantying that. But if it's like mechanical and in, in, interior, right. so um, she told me flat face and said that. And then I talked to the sales, uh, and no, no, never. I would have never yeah. said that. You know what I mean? So I did go there, and it turns out she just hates the stove. Like she doesn't like the stove. I fixed it. <laughs> it's seven years old. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, just it's best to put everything in writing. That's just yeah. I think it, that's it, advice to builders and buyers. Like yes, just get it on a sheet of paper. Right, you're gonna be thankful that you did. Absolutely. And yeah, whether it's a sales agent or project manager you're talking to, if they seem annoyed that you're mm-hmm. asking them to send it to you in writing, like mm-hmm. do it anyway. Yeah, it's their job. <laughs> yeah, I I try to anything any conversations I have, I try to. Uh, if I have a phone conversation, I always follow up. I ninety percent of the time follow up with an email. Yeah, smart. Just to go over what we talked about. Yeah, and then I just so then it's in writing. Yep. Then they're they're not confused. You didn't get that email. Well, that's what we talked about. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I sent it to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, how often in your warranty walks are you encountering custom features and what? Um, it's not crazy. Um, trying to think of one thing that we did not too long ago. Um, there was a hot tub room that was coming up and I I don't ever think I saw that unless it's still being built. I remember Jenny telling me about that. I'm trying to think of like you know how it is where you like you go in houses and everything looks the same after a while. Yeah. Like I don't even like admire or anything and like I don't walk in and be like, ooh, like everything to me just like is blurry. <laughs> like it could be really really nice. Yeah. And like I'm just like, yeah. And then like I, it doesn't like when I first started with Steiner like everything was amazing to me and it still is. It's a great product. But this, when you walk in these houses every day, day yeah. in day out, it just becomes like kind of become numb to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I don't get, I don't get to sites nearly enough. Um, I wish I did way more. I spent most of my time in front of a computer though. So when I do get to sites, I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember off the cuff anything in my head right now. That's super custom. I know there's many, Yeah, but I, I'm just having a brain fart right now. How often, let me ask the inverse of it. like how often are you as the warranty manager 
dictating the selections and materials um, from like the production standpoint. Like let's say builder X chose to go with this sort of tile and then you find out, well, that that tile is great. Um, like how hard is it to get that out of the production system? How much say do you have? How much say should have worked? I mean, I, I, I would say that like I'm not – like when people think, oh yeah, Tony figured that out. It's like, I just report problems. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not like this genius guy, like, oh yeah, it's just like, hey, this is an issue and it's either you want it to continue or you want it to go away. And I want it to go away because it's it's losing company money. You know, it's not worth the hassle. Like, you're saying you're saying that to the company? I'm saying that to selections and whoever's in charge of getting that Gotcha. Going. This is an internal conversation. Internal conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Like one one of the uh, you mentioned tile. Like we had a situation with the the pebbles, uh, the mosaic pebbles for yep. custom showers. I would never use those in my shower unless you get a tile guy to take them off the sheet and put them in one at a time. The stuff we are buying, anyways, because the way they come on the sheet, they do not give enough gap for grout to actually get in to the uh between some of the stones that are placed on the sheet interesting yeah so that it doesn't it doesn't give it an, enough uh grout so then that little thick hairline that was between two stones comes out and then then more grout starts to crack away yeah um but and grout is super porous like it's just gonna absorb yeah. water yeah yeah and, and obviously nobody wants to see grout coming out of their yeah. Uh, oh, I've uh, never would custom have that. shower pan. Um, but if you if you have them put it in piece at a time, which uh, I've had to have a tile guy do that for a re- redo of a custom shower pan. Um, never any water issues anymore. Now that we moved to Schluter, uh, Schluter's just like top notch as far as like price point. Or I mean, I think a lot of even custom builders probably are still using. Schluter. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, not, it's the gold it's standard. The, yeah, so. This podcast is not sponsored, but if you're with Schluter and you want more mentions, <laughs> yeah, well, contact us. We will not sell our soul, though. This better be a good. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that type of stuff. I I brought that up to him. I mean, when that first had happened, I I said, hey, we we need to stop using this stuff, and I gave emails out to the people who needed to hear it, and sure enough, started. I saw a couple more actually just recently. I think a couple more. Uh, came into play um so yeah i i do have a voice i just basically yeah. point out the things that like one of the i mean i think i brought this up to you one like maybe a, nine months after i started with steiner after i started with warranty because i did work in the field for the first year yeah i yeah. was working with uh, jb and building decks and having a good old time putting water in his lap when he was about to get out of the car wearing khakis <laughs> 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 That type of stuff. I, to, <laughs> I actually miss that camaraderie, just the yeah. goofing off and just doing stupid stuff like that. But um, we, I mean, we can do some on the podcast. All right. You want to like goof off more? That that was a funny. That was a funny story though, because like we were about we were we were driving around that excursion that yep. year. I know exactly. <laughs> it was what you're your, about, yeah. when Jackson and your dad used yeah. to drive around that. So we're we're in the we're in the excursion it just was given to jason and we're we're working at a house in hawthorne north and there's like a bunch of trades in there we're like you know just finishing up and we, we pull up to it he's wearing khaki shorts i'm drinking a bottle of water and i just had this bright idea just to pour it right in his lap 
<laughs> so he gets out of the truck. <laughs> Looks like he peed his pants. <laughs> He's walking through. He, he didn't even do anything, though. He didn't even care. <laughs> that's, a, that's a grown man move. Right oh, there. yeah. Totally didn't flinch. Just walked in. Looked like, you know, probably in his head, he's reciting that line from uh, Billy Madison. You ain't cool unless you pee your pants. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's uh, that was fun stuff. That's awesome. Totally sidetracked us again. What was your question? Oh, I was going to the... Um, when you were with Steiner for like nine months, you talked to me about about we're um, on the edge of our seats here, Tony. Yeah. So, um, do you remember the the garage? A uh, lot of I think it's the Eleanor. The garage comes into the house, and you didn't want to build the saddle. Oh yes. And you fought <laughs> you fought me on that yeah, for a long time. It was dumb. And I had a lot. I actually, I I put probably four saddles on four or five saddles on those houses just because the problems that just wouldn't go away sometimes they're yeah. fixable you just but we, we we were able to put the the sales on that and then you you did come in and say yeah you know what we're going to change that and that it did work that that type of thing just finding finding the problem and just biting it and saying we're going to get the solution and whatever it takes because Water's uh, water obviously is not supposed to go in a house, and if we are uh, designing a house that has the potential for that, even like sometimes with like back way back in the day, I saw some of these ciders not putting like uh, certain flashings up, and yeah. I fought for that, and that you know they obviously they came back out and did it, but yeah, yeah. So what Tony's talking about, like there's a a saddle. I remember like it was there, but it wasn't far enough out. And yeah, what yeah. I learned through the process is like the kick out needs to be really far because even if it's there, it doesn't matter. Like if you're adding stone or something to that face, um, it's just going to trap water in that corner. Like it needs to be a good foot or more past yeah. that corner. The valley needs to be yeah. pushed out. Yeah. So that if like snow or anything is built up, um, Google like kick out flashing or kick out saddles if you're like thinking about that in your build but yeah make sure water can get away from your house i think that's what's the, the saying the your house should be like a dolphin's butthole watertight <laughs> that, i might have just made that up it should though <laughs> yeah it should for it's sure it's not wrong yeah yeah because you especially with uh you know semi-custom and custom homes you, there's a lot of like variations of material and they and they they meet at corners you know what yeah. i mean and that's that's where it gets tricky or if you if you're not flashing properly you know i i don't know how many times i've seen like i typically when a house is done the pms call me they know that i have the eye for the things that are the problems because i'm dealing with them all the time so they want me to come out there and i uh i love i love doing that with them so like i'll i'll, I'll see like areas where like kick out flashing should have been like and yeah. I'll point that stuff out hey they they didn't they didn't caulk these when like I have ciders right now that are saying no, we, you're not supposed to caulk around. Like if, there, if there's a five quarter LP around the window, typically on the front elevations of all of our houses, it has it. They're uh, they're saying no, you you you're not supposed to caulk the the window flange to the LP on the you know inside. They only do it on the outside. Like if it's LP going to it, but I'm like no. I went to the school, it shows it, and I actually pulled it up and showed it to Joe, and I said I said send this to the ciders. They have to come back and redo this. Like stuff like that is like, yeah, you know, and you're supposed to, you're not supposed to, but I would recommend when you're using 
any type of trim for that matter. I mean, LP is typically what we use. Um, Hardy is a is an option. A lot of people like have gone away from Hardy. I think I don't really know why. I think it's a good product. I think LPs. So I've seen instances of Hardy rotting, which it shouldn't. But well, that's because of the insulation they yeah. they put it too close to the roof it's supposed to, right but you need like a, a 10 inch bandboard mm-hmm. so that it doesn't sit against snow or something like that it's I like solid you. painted and it can't have any open edges like i'm like a rig wall like rig wall where it's yes. like just snow is just hanging out there yeah I yeah, yeah. I'm like where a roof meets the sidewall yeah. yeah um so i mean okay yeah you could follow those but also it's just like adding a step that somebody has to think about and make sure before you're your product doesn't fail. And I think too is um, LP kind of like works like wood from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can cut it and trim it and it's really easy to like move around. Whereas Hardy is not like that. Like it's, no. it's dangerous to breathe. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're supposed to wear a mask. Yeah. It's cutting. super flimsy. So if you cut it the wrong way or handle it the wrong way, like you can crack a piece. <clears throat> um, so I think that's part of the reason. And it's yeah. not any cheaper than LP. Yeah. Um, Warranty's pretty good on LP too, as far as the, yeah. The substance, the paint, the paint, it just depends on that. I think it's uh, one or two coat. Yeah. I think that's from the two coats. I think a 30, maybe even a 50. No, it's somewhere in there. Yeah. And then I think it might be 50. Yeah. I think it's 50. And then the one coat's 25. But if I recall correctly, don't quote us on this, but I think that's from the finisher, not LP. Themselves. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So different suppliers, I think, get it from different. Yeah. painting companies that paint it i mean yeah. they the pro the process of painting it it's like it's in an inside environment when they're painting all this right. stuff. The, like you can site finish lp but you absolutely can get it yeah you can get it finished too you can yeah. get it it comes out like a beige prime yeah and then you gotta spray it all which is a kind of cool concept though i think that is something that you like you you almost get like a nicer finish because like yeah it's kind of like joints and stuff yeah it, right it, like interior like obviously the trim carpenter comes through does all this thing then the painter's the guy you know do your do your best cock the rest you know the painter is the one that makes it look <laughs> <Do> your best cock <laughs> <laughs> the, the painter's the one that makes it look you know really really sharp and yeah and i mean obviously trim carpenters do a, uh, a wonderful job at, at it but like obviously if you walk around the house and saw holes in the trim and stuff like that it's that's kind of like how lp is right you know they have to touch it up on site. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And they have to like put the little. It's a great point. OSI in it, which I've been having a, a little bit of issues with the OSI turning white. Really? I, yeah. I, like as it dries and cures. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Especially the darker colors. So like it'll just like be. Like, instantly or over time? No, over time, like baked, like the sun. like So like oh. where the cider filled, because they use like a 10D nail head, like that's the diameter of the head. Yep. If it's flush with the the siding, they just have to touch it up. Like if it's like right flush with it, they just have to take a little artisan brush or the school set actually uh, use a cigarette butt. And everyone like was like, what? Yeah, like I'm gonna, I don't even smoke. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but like some, if you go, if you... Um, penetrate deeper than that it will uh it will need osi like if it, it goes past a certain point you need to put the color match caulk oh it's not really caulk it's more of a sealant yeah it, um you put it on on, on that nail so, and so when it's done it looks great everything's fine everything's color matching but like over time the sun is like baking it especially the darker colors and they're turning like white interesting i was just at a house like two weeks ago and i had to do like especially where the shake is huh 
because there's a lot more nails involved with shake when they're oh like, yeah that makes sense um they're a little more like they have to like nail the bottom portions of them because they're like depending on the the gapping you're doing they they tend yeah. they tend to put like a brad nail at the bottom but the cider that we were using at that one they actually were using a, a 10d at the bottom and i was i told them you could just use brads i'm pretty sure you could use brads i probably shouldn't have said that i didn't even look in the books yeah tony guarantees it's <laughs> a personal guarantee from tony Listen, Cairo. i mean lp is a is a great product and it's not going to go any like i would say that like, i would not use a brad at the bottom if you were like in florida on the coast okay you know what i'm saying only those people don't use yeah because it's like brads. We, i mean everybody else can use them. if you get an F, tony cairo if you get an f5 through here we haven't seen one of those maybe that'll do it <laughs> going off lake michigan <laughs> shouldn't have bratted those man should have been a 10d <laughs> two and a half good to know yeah good to know. that is um it's not fun to clean sealant off a whole house of siding my hand was kind of numb because i was using like a kind of like a goof off spray where it's just like I was being real delicate to take the OSI. Like it's 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 not like the thick part, it's like the smeared part. So oh, it's like the real yeah. thin layer that like whitens. Mm, like around the opening. Mm-hmm. Cause they you know, with well, a cider doesn't really like think about it, but they're like smearing, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it matches, so they're just like Yeah, they're just going fast. Yeah. Yeah. They're not getting called back. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. no, they are. I do call them back for that type of stuff, but it really isn't th- that cider. We were uh, we haven't used them in a while, um, but I, it's t- it's not really their fault. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I kind of feel like it's a gray line, like where it's yeah. like you did what you're supposed to do. Like, right. why is it your fault? It's a weird one. But hen was hen was kind of numb at night that night. Hmm. Some shooting pains. <laughs> in there tony i will i'll be all right <laughs> take care of yourself side note yes one time a homeowner told me asked me if i could spray a bee nest that was the second level and it was by like uh i think it was by their chimney so it was like i could poke my head out the window and i could spray it i'm like yeah no problem so i sprayed it and as i sprayed it a huge gust of wind came and literally that spray went in my mouth <laughs> and I felt like I just went to the dentist. <laughs> the, the what num- did you do? The numbing thing. I actually kind of panicked. You haven't I'm tasted like, anything since? Uh, no, I'm fine now, but like I kind of panicked, you know what I mean? Like I, I just like, I'm like reading the back of the bottle. Like I'm, you, I was freaking out. A did you call bit. poison control? No, just, I just, I just let it ride out. I mean, as I watch the bees, like, cause they instantly just like fall, you know, and die. Yeah. You like, drink some more? Are you addicted now? Uh, I drank a ton of water <laughs> and I felt like I just went to the dentist kind of cause my mouth was kind of numb. Well, I mean, I'm glad you made it. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. So is my wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Haven't done that since though. I never, I say, yeah, you know, that sucks that there's bees there. So oh, you just like hard pass? NMP. it always triggers me it goes back to that moment you know yeah but yeah how many homeowners have you told that story to 
You should tell the maybe, whole story. Maybe twice. Every single time they ask. Like, no, I don't do that anymore. Because no. one time I got I a bunch of spray died. in my mouth. I almost died. <laughs> so you can get the spray in your mouth this time. <laughs> well, it's not warranty. Right. I you know? <laughs> For sure, man. Word. Well, cool. That's all I had. We covered bees, so I think we're good. Yeah, man. Absolutely. That was fun. Good conversation. Yeah, man. It's a fun one. Once again, thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here, buddy. Um, if you want to get a hold of the show, uh, follow us on YouTube. Leave a question or anything in the comments. Also, I'm on Instagram at Burnham Design Co. B-I-R-N-A-M and TikTok. Um, Tony's not on the stuff yet, but we'll get him there. But that's probably the best way to get a hold of us. Reach out. Say hey. Um, if you have any questions for us, drop them there. And... Um, yeah, until next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. And we'll talk to you soon. Have an awesome night. Peace out.